The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It wasn't always pretty. But the Eagles get the job done again. They go to 2-0, winning the home opener against the Minnesota Vikings. Rachel, they're the only team in the NFL that can say that they're 2-0 right now. Uh, These late-night pods are always better when we're celebrating a victory instead of wallowing in defeat. So the Eagles defeat the Vikings 34-28. We're here to break down the game for those of you that are still awake with us. Uh, Those of you that are listening to this later, Sad you're not here with us in the comments, but certainly understand the late night game. Rachel, how are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good that it was a win. You know, the start of this game was not very pretty. I was definitely a little frustrated with Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts. I was kind of like, what's going on? But I feel like, you know, once they were able to lean on the, you know, run game, that opened up things for them. And then it was kind of like that was a wrap. It's crazy that this was a a huge game for DeAndre Swift. Um, Really excited to see him being able to get, you know, some touches after last week. We hardly saw him, but I mean, overall, win is a win and they got this one done what are your thoughts yeah it was it was a rough first half or I guess not the whole first half but yes first um, quarter yeah first quarter I mean so the Eagles are down seven to three and then in the last two minutes or the last three minutes of the second quarter they score a touchdown and a field goal and then they come out in the first four minutes of the third quarter they score two more touchdowns so really broke the game open it doesn't feel like it was such a compacted time because it was split by halftime but really about seven minutes the Eagles put up 24 points 24 their 34 points and um yeah the beginning of the game it just felt like the Eagles offense was all out of sorts um I felt like the Eagles were trying to spread the defense out to make it a little more evident where the pressure was coming from uh Brian Flores is a pretty pressure happy guy and they were blitzing early in the game and it seemed to be working And I really don't know why they went away from it. I thought the Eagles' response to get a little more condensed and try to run the ball to to mitigate that pressure was good. But down the stretch, you saw them routinely at dropping eight into coverage, only rushing three. And I really didn't understand that approach from the Vikings, but it let the Eagles' passing game get going a little bit. We still haven't seen Jalen Hurts in the passing game on on their A game, maybe not even on their B game so far. Uh, That interception that he threw over the middle of the field was pretty bad. Uh, But Jalen Hurts does end 18 of 23 for 193 yards. He throws one touchdown, one interception. He took four sacks. uh, And then, of course, he had 
12 carries for 35 yards with two touchdowns that he stole from the man of the hour, DeAndre Swift. I, I was glad DeAndre Swift got his touchdown there at the end because both times I thought he was in the end zone. And of course they showed the replay and it was the correct spot. He was down at the goal line and then they let Hertz uh, QB sneak it in. So I was feeling a little bad for DeAndre Swift. I was glad he got the touchdown to cap his 175 yard rushing performance. Yeah. And this was definitely a milestone for him. There were so many tweets that were going on. I think that I had one pulled up with him. They said that, you know, after last week, you know, he only got that one carry. Um, he, Like you said, he finished with 28 carries today and they said it's the fifth 100 yard game of his career. And so well, what were the Eagles doing last week? Like, I mean, it just sucks that they had to go through the first week of seeing how, you know, just not using him in order to get here. And now it's like, okay, this, this works. So now we know that this is definitely our running back one. And it's kind of just like, let's stick to this. But I did want to touch on like the passing game. Uh, we leaned heavily on the run game today. Didn't see too much. We saw AJ Brown getting a little bit frustrated on the sideline. They panned to like Nick Sirianni. It was a clip with the three of them, uh, Hertz and AJ Brown. AJ Brown definitely looked a little frustrated. You know, he didn't really get involved too much. We saw Dallas Goddard get more involved than last week. And of course, Devontae Smith had two touchdowns. Um, and so that was nice to see. But what are your overall thoughts on the pass game? The run game was strong once they leaned on it, but the pass game, we didn't really it wasn't really there. Yeah. The, the passing game has been a struggle. Uh, week one, I thought Jalen hurts had a really bad game. I don't think he had such a bad game today. Uh, the, the interception was bad. I, I I'm willing to let that go a little bit because of the down and distance. It was like third and 16. You were out of field goal range, but near midfield. It's one of those things where like that was, that ball was never going to get there, but trying to fit it in there probably only cost you like 10 or 15 yards of field position on the punt that was going to happen anyways. So not excusing it. I do think he locked on to Devonta Smith on that one pre-snap, which isn't ideal, but uh, outside of that, he had a couple good balls to Devonta Smith, the touchdown, the opening drive when he underthrew, but it's hard to call it an underthrow because the thing traveled like 60 yards in the air. Uh, you would like to get it out a little quicker. That one could have been six if he got it out there, but I'm not sure that, Josh Allen might be the only guy in the league that could have put that one on the money downfield. So um, he had the nice one to Devonta Smith that he stepped up into pressure and took a big hit to deliver. He had the two to AJ Brown, both of which came back on penalties that they were both beautiful passes. So uh, hopefully Hertz will continue to hit his stride. Um, I thought he looked better today than he did week one, but he's still nowhere near, you know, the Hertz that we saw in the Super Bowl. Do you think that gets chalked up to the fact that we didn't see him in the preseason? Like, or do you think it's kind of just like week two, still early, we need to calm down? You know, we think he's going to get back to the Jalen Hurst that we saw last season. Yeah, I, th I think he will get there. I, there's a combination probably of lack of reps, um, not much time to get, you know, on a short week, there's not really time to get, uh, get in a film room, get a lot of reps on the practice field and sort of get back into that rhythm and, you're still dealing with a new play caller and things. I mean, it's funny. I, I tweeted out during the game, the defense lost a lot of players and is missing a lot of players to injury. And the offense really didn't lose much of anybody. Isaac Samalo and uh, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell out with injury. And the offense was struggling and the defense looked incredible. Uh, and I think 
Sean Desai is doing a good job. Now I, they give up some plays down the stretch and there's only so much you can expect when you're missing two of your three starting corners, you're missing a starting safety, a starting linebacker, like injuries are mounting for the Eagles. It's nice that they will get this mini buy to sort of get right. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, I, I really like what I'm seeing from the Georgia boys in the middle. And uh, uh, I'm totally blanking on the name now. Who's the defensive tackle? Uh, Jalen Carter. There's like Carter. <laughs> both of their names start with J's. Yeah, Jordan Davis. Yeah. Jalen Carter gets a lot of the gets a lot of the press, but Jordan Davis is playing really good football right now. And actually, he is the leader on the Eagles for sacks so far this season with sack and a half. So uh, he got a half a sack last week. He got a a sack tonight. He got a tackle for loss. The the one play where Kirk Cousins tripped. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins didn't just trip. Jalen Carter instantly pushed the guard back into Kirk Cousins' feet. So uh, those guys are looking really good in the middle. Uh, Josh Sweat's looking good. Hassan Reddick's a guy we haven't noticed a whole lot. Um, I'm curious to go back and watch like the film on this one. And I, I wonder if he was dropping into coverage more because he certainly wasn't making a lot of an impact as a pass rusher. But that's one of the nice things. You, your passing games off a little bit, your defense and your running game can step up. The Eagles are such a talented team uh, that when it does all click at the same time, the team's going to be nearly unstoppable. Yeah. The fact that you just mentioned Hassan Reddick and I was kind of just like, Oh yeah, I, I haven't been seeing too much of him either. That's actually crazy. Uh, it's still early, but one of the biggest plays of the night defensively for me, when we were coming out of halftime, I think that was coming out of halftime. And it, like you said, it was Joshua and it was Fletcher Cox. Um, they sat Kirk cousin and they forced that turnover. I think that was like their fourth turnover of the game. And so, like you said, that's definitely the strength of the team right now, but also, uh, Let's talk about Jake Elliott, uh, special teams. He's definitely been a, one of the stars. In addition to like Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, definitely being stars of this team so far. We've been seeing a lot from Jake Elliott just coming in clutch. He did miss a field goal, but other than that, like definitely milestones for him as well. Yeah, uh, on on the Hassan Reddick thing, Hassan Reddick recorded no tackles tonight. He had, he had one tackle in week one. So through two games, he's got one tackle to his name. Okay. Um, So early, it's early. It's okay. Yeah. But uh, Jake Elliott. Yeah. He misses the 55 yarder, which is no chip shot. And then he hits the 61 yarder. And uh, just to point out the last time Jake Elliott hit a 61 yard field goal, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. In fact, the Eagles have never not won the Super Bowl when Jake Elliott hits a 61-yard field goal. So go ahead and buy your Super Bowl tickets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jake Elliott has spoken, and he's going to will the Eagles to the Super Bowl this year. That's that's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, I, it, it's crazy to me that like if you told me before this game that the Vikings would turn the ball over four times, I would assume that Kirk Cousins kind of had a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, 31-43, 364 yards with four touchdowns. And there were four fumbles and Cousins had one, uh, Madison had one, and then two receivers had one. And the Justin Jefferson one was really a turning point for the game. And I, I, I hate the rule about fumbling out of the end zone being a touchback. Yes. I think that's absurd. If you fumble, and I mean, we're watching the replay. If, if that ball was fumbled six inches earlier, they get the ball at the goal line. But because it's not, they lose possession. I think it's such a bad rule. Uh, but definitely impacts the Eagles uh, in a massive positive way here. If that if that doesn't happen, if that ball goes out of bounds at the half yard line, 
the Vikings probably punch that in and they take a, what, a 14 to 10 lead into halftime. And it could be a whole different ball game. But instead, the Eagles take those points off the board. They answer with a field goal. Then, of course, they get the strip sack on the opening drive and score another touchdown. And it's off to the races. And the Vikings made it close at the end. And I was sweating out the onside kick. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just sitting there because we all know special teams is my bit on this show. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Aaron Sipos is going to drop this punt. I mean, he almost dropped one last week. All you have to do is punt the ball and the game's over. And thankfully, I didn't have to come on here and complain about that. Uh, but I, I, you start to sweat just even the smallest, most routine things when you're a one-score game like that at the end. Absolutely. I like this comment right here. It just says, tonight was a general step in the right direction, but still far from where we can and should be. Absolutely. I mean, there's different new components to this Eagles team. Sean Desai, Brian Johnson. Do you think that people are calling for Brian Johnson to be fired already? Yes. I I haven't taken a a look at uh, our three words. I know when I was skimming throughout the game, I was, he was getting ripped. Absolutely. Uh, Do you think, like, what are your thoughts on him uh, so far? Are we being too hard on him because it's so early or like, what's up? From live tweeting the game, I can guarantee you that people are calling for Brian Johnson to be fired. Um, it's it's really nuanced because Hertz isn't playing his best football, and if Hertz was playing his best football, no one's talking about Brian Johnson because the offense is still humming. Uh, you know, not to go back to last week, but Hertz missed several shots that he could have got big plays and even touchdowns, and then people aren't thinking about it. Uh, you get the the drops that or the penalties on the AJ Brown touchdowns and that slight underthrow that I don't know if we're calling a 60 air yards pass and underthrow, but uh, that could have been a touchdown for Devonte Smith. And so it's a lot of little things, but I, I don't like how they've handled the Hertz running game. That's my biggest qualm with the offense so far. Uh, I mean, you look you look at what the Patriots were doing. They were crashing down on the mesh point, looping a linebacker behind to clean up Hurts. The Vikings were doing the same thing. And at, at one point, Jalen Hurts had like eight carries for 12 yards or something like that. And, and that's not counting those QB sneaks. It was before that. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift was averaging at the time six yards a carry. And it just didn't make sense to me that with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, with the game that uh, DeAndre Swift was having that you're still calling QB draws and you're calling options. Like I fully support limiting Hertz's hits and the contact he's taking. The best way to do that is to stop calling those QB runs or call them very sparingly and just, just put the ball in the belly of the back. Just let them let DeAndre Swift, let your offensive line pave the way. Um, that's my biggest qualm. I think I, I, I did take exception at their play calling on that opening drive. It really felt like they hit the big play to Devonte Smith. And then they were just like, okay, let's play for a field goal. And I, I didn't like that at all, but I think those are little things. I think situational things need to improve with Brian Johnson, but this is also the second game he's ever called plays. So I'm still optimistic on that. Um, and I think the offense will start to, be fleshed out a little bit more. It's still been a little vanilla in some aspects. I think that'll come with time. There's, like I said, same thing with Jalen Hurts. There's not a lot of time for Brian Johnson to hit the film room and work on those things in practice off of a short week. So I would expect coming off the mini buy for the offense to look differently. Yeah, 
at least they do have this little mini buy. Our next game is not until Monday, September 25th. That game is against the Bucks, And so they definitely have some things that they need to address during this time off. But I did, oh, somebody has a question if you want to take this one. It says, and why did they not go for two after the last uh, touchdown? Yeah, I don't know. Analytically, you should go for two in that situation. So uh, they were up 12. They kicked the extra point to go up 13. Uh, going for going for two, like there's no difference in 12 and 13, unless you're counting on them to miss an extra point. Uh, you should go for two in that situation to try to get it to 14. I, I don't know why they didn't do that. Maybe maybe they just think that game is over. And I mean, it it would take a lot of circumstances for that game not to be over. They're going to have to score and recover an onside kick and score again. And maybe you just don't want to tip a two-point conversion play. Maybe they were just weren't thinking about it. But analytically speaking, you should definitely go for two in that moment. Uh, I wanted to touch on uh, the uh, one of the biggest storylines going into this game was Darius Slay and Justin Jefferson. We saw him um, on him pretty early, but then towards the end of the game, we saw a little bit of Josh Job on Justin Jefferson. So uh, do you think that the the matchup that everybody was gassing lived up to the hype. Uh, he didn't shut him down like he did, you know, last uh, season when they played. And so what did you see? Yeah, uh, that that very first play the Vikings had, uh, Slay looked kind of slow on that crossing ride. He kind of got tripped up trying to chase Jefferson. And he created a lot of separation. Of course, the very next play, they went to that screen pass and Slay came downhill and hit him at the line of scrimmage. And I thought they had a pretty good battle. Jefferson got a lot of catches tonight, 11 for 159 yards. I, I wouldn't say that he got the better of Slay. He got a lot of he got a lot of passes that were kind of those quick underneath passes that you're giving up and rallying and tackling. Uh, he had a big reception with Job on him, but uh, it was a fun one to watch. And I, Victor and I talked about on the EPA podcast, how do you handle James Bradbury being out and Reed Blankenship being out. Are you going to put Slay on Jefferson and try to push coverage Josh Job's direction? Or maybe you put Josh Job on Justin Jefferson and you push the help that way and you isolate Slay on um, Jordan Addison. And it, it was interesting to see kind of how that played out. Uh, I was glad that the secondary was able to at least hold on. There was some there were some pretty big miscommunications in the secondary as the game wore on course you're not expecting to see keely ringo and josh job and uh mario goodrich and all these guys in at the same time that's not ideal and so that one touchdown that i think the broadcast pointed it out where the receiver was just wide open in the top corner of the end zone that was a miscommunication on a crosser and i'm pretty sure that was on josh job i uh, won't know for sure unless he just says yeah that was me but hopefully that's the things that we can see cleaned up over the what is it 12 days till the next game. That's what it's, yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, but there's no like that. Don't try to do math live right. on podcast. I can't. It's too late for that. Um, there's another question here before we go and take a look at some of the three word reactions. Uh, is the off uh, offensive coordinator bad? We kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of segue into like the O-line as well, but we kind of touched on this one a little bit. If you wanted to kind of repeat what we said. Yeah, I, I don't think it's time to like pull the fire alarm and be uh, be panicked about Brian Johnson. I think I think he's settling in in the same way that Hertz is settling in. Um, there's some things that he's done that I think are questionable so far schematically and some of his play calling, some things I don't like. 
uh, I fully expect that to kind of get back on track though. So I think, you know, it's only the second game he's called at the NFL level. He didn't really call plays much at the collegiate level either. So uh, play calling is a new thing for him. Like the design is going to be fine. You've got Nick, it's Nick Sirianni's offense, but there is a, there's a rhythm to calling plays and Shane Steichen was so good at pushing those buttons and sequencing plays. Uh, I don't expect Brian Johnson to be that good, but I think he'll be fine. And we kind of touched on Hertz a little bit as well. Um, but we're going to go and take a look at some of these three word reactions. They are definitely flooding in. Um, and so some of the ones I first one I see bad offensive coordinator. So there it is. We we knew that one was coming. Um, a little bit better. Swift is running back one. Relax. It's September. Do you feel like we're you know being yeah, a yeah. too we're overreacting too much? Yeah, I think so. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's all you can do off the small. We got two wins. You know, it's just there are some concerns. It's okay. Um, let's get healthy. That's a huge one. You already touched on the injuries today, but definitely concerning on top of the injuries that we saw last week. And so definitely one of the ones we're stressing is we got to get healthy. Um, and ex- at least we have this little mini buy, like you were talking about earlier, injuries piling up. I need a drink. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was kind of stressful at the end a little bit. Uh, so many injuries run the ball. Um, there's a good one right there. Two and O oh. two. Okay. There it is. Three words that I need right there. It's two and O oh. bad situational play calling defense is sus. Okay. Sloppy, but good. Pretty rough start start. Okay. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And it looks like Victor's here, so let's bring him in, see what his thoughts are. What's up, Victor? What's going on, yo? How are you feeling after? We got the win. It wasn't pretty, you know. There was some good. There was a very slow start for the birds, but what did you see? Might be the ugliest 2-0 start <laughs> I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> that might be what 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 this is. But, yeah, a lot of teams aren't going to be able to say they're 2-0 after this weekend, um, that, I guess. That reminds me. So that, remind, that makes me think of Pirates of the Caribbean when – the guy tells Jack Sperry, says, you must be the, you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And he says, but you have heard of me. Might be the worst 2-0 start, the sloppiest 2-0 start we've ever seen, but it is a 2-0 start. I'm a big yeah, fan my, of that. My, my 
I'm trying to I'm trying to go into it optimistically. I'm going to say that if if the Eagles are able to win by playing this sloppy, then I think it should be scary to the rest of the league that when they do eventually iron out the kinks, which I do anticipate, that it'll be they're going to be steamrolling over teams. It's not like that they there were mistakes like, you know, like throughout this game. Like they they built a big lead and of course they 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 let the uh they let the Vikings come back, but I think when you don't have the personnel that you do, there's no Nicobe Dean, there's no Reed Blankenship, there's no James Bradbury. You lose Quez Watkins at some point in the game. You lose uh there was another injury of Avante you lose Maddox. Avante Maddox. Boston uh, which isn't shocking, which isn't shocking to anybody. Losing Avante Maddox. I'm sure the team is well equipped to to cover up Avante Maddox at this point. But um I think some players stepped up when they had to. Slay did his very best on Justin Jefferson, had him in check for most of the game until the end there. Um, but I, I like what I see from this team. Hertz looks I don't want to say he looks unsure of himself. He looks like he's lacking confidence, if I had to put it like in the best way. Like he looks like he's lacking confidence. He certainly didn't look like this in training camp. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him right now. Like he of course he made he made some nice plays. Um, but in the running game, he looks like he looks indecisive. He looks like he's still trying to figure things out. And this could still be, like we said last week on the uh on the post game, this could be trying to find continuity with with Brian Johnson. I'm not sure what it is, but this doesn't look like the confident Jalen Hurts that we saw last week. And the Eagles are so good, especially defensively, that they can cover that up. But eventually, they're going to be playing good teams, especially November, December, when you're playing teams like the Seahawks and 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 the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, their teams aren't. You're not going to be able to make mistakes against those teams. For now, it's working but they're going to have to figure it out down the stretch here if they certainly want to, you know, win, at least come out of that stretch three and three in that, in that winter stretch. Cause that's not going to be an easy, an easy run. Yeah. That's one of the things we even talked about when the schedule first came out. It's nice to have this ramp up period, Patriots, Vikings at the bucks versus the commanders at the Rams before you get into more difficult opponents, the Jets, which maybe not now, but the Dolphins. Nah, then you get that stretch. I don't but, the Jets are scary anymore, man. Yeah, well, that that defense is still scary, but then you get yeah. into, like you said, that November stretch: Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, and we'll find out real fast what the Eagles are made of when we get there. But it's nice to have that that little ramp up. You don't want to be playing. You don't want to be playing the Bills and the Cowboys and the Chiefs week one. So it's nice that that's a little later in the season. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Did Gainwell? I don't know if you guys touched on this. Did Gainwell lose his job tonight? Did he? Did he lose it to DeAndre Swift? Shane, do you he think? Better or have. He if I have to deal? watch another fifteen touch Kenny Gainwell <laughs> game, I'm gonna scream. Like, yeah. it's just like I thought Kenny Gainwell was fine last week. It is night and day different watching DeAndre. And I'm not just talking about the yardage because that can be based on the defense you're playing and how well the offensive line plays and all that. But the vision that DeAndre Swift has. And, you know, there were several times plays called inside, nothing's there, and he cut it outside. I think Kenny Gainwell's just running into the back of the offensive line and getting a yard there. And there were several plays like that. He had a he had a sick cut uh, on that touchdown run of his. He's just, he's just night and day better than Kenny Gainwell. It's not even close. Yeah, well, Rashad Penny did that run into the, run into the offensive line trick a couple of times. So uh, this might be the end of a... Uh of Rashad Penny. If you were going to impress anybody, today would be the game. But the fact that we saw Boston Scott a handful of times before Gainwell was ever in the game, uh, I think that tells you what the team thinks about Rashad Penny at the moment. Maybe you were right, Shane. You were saying, 
um, in weeks leading up to this that maybe he just doesn't have any juice left and the Eagles are just trying to figure out what to do with them. And that looks to be the case. He, I didn't see a ton of juice from him um, tonight. But uh, uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of uh, DeAndre Swift moving forward. The fact that he had two touches last week is, is criminal after what you saw what he did tonight. I'm sure Sirianni is going to learn from his mistakes and make sure that Swift gets his touches and whatever infatuation they have with Gainwell, they can put it on the back burner and say Swift is our guy right now. He's he's getting five, six yards a carry. And until a defense can stop it, this is what we're we're going to do. Uh, but I'm quite stunned that in the second consecutive game, especially on primetime, Jalen Hurts didn't hit, you know, at least 40 rushing yards. I don't know if this is by design or if they're going to keep him bubble wrapped because he's worth a lot of money now. But uh, it's, it's quite shocking that Hurts isn't taking off and running as much as we're accustomed to Sirianni spent all summer saying that we didn't pay him more to do less but that certainly looks like that's the case right now (laughs) still early Uh, I had asked uh Shane earlier what his thoughts were on when they panned to the sideline and we saw a little bit of frustration Mm -hmm. from AJ Brown uh Nick Sirianni was kind of like had his arm out looked like he was kind of holding not really holding him back but in a way he had his arm out and so Victor what are your thoughts on what we saw between AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, when I first when I had first saw it, I thought he was yelling at Smitty. Like when I had first caught a glimpse of it, and I was like, he's not yelling at Devontae, is he? There's no way. Um, but I through throughout the summer, I was wondering if like is is AJ Brown going to be a little more comfortable this year with demanding the ball? Like in your first year, you're trying to play it nice, you're trying to be like, Okay, hey, it's my first year in Philly, I'll play nice. But now that he's here, and of course he's paid and it's a second year here, is he going to be more demanding this season if it's not going his way? And even with the team up, we saw glimpses of it in the playoffs last year when they were pounding on the Giants and there was no reason for him to really be complaining. And now you're seeing it here when they were up again. Um, I, I hate to throw the word diva around because I don't think AJ is that. I think he knows how good he is and he thinks that he can impact the game and he wants to show the team that he's he's worth that and he wants to he wants to make an impact. And any player that's making that kind of money and knows how good he is, wants to be able to provide for their team. And he just felt like he wasn't in that moment. So I'm going to chalk it up to frustration. I know how close he and Hertz is. I don't think there's any animosity there, uh, but the optics aren't, aren't great. So, mm-hmm. so, so you definitely don't, you know, of course all the rival fan bases are going to get a hold of it and, and th- spin their narratives and say that, Oh, that there's dividing locker room. And you're going to have to choose between Hertz and Smitty. We already were starting to get that from the uh, reporters about picking sides and all this. And this is not going to do, um, that that argument any service but um, I think it was just frustration he knows how good he is like I said he wants to impact the team in a positive way he felt like he wasn't in that moment and he just wanted to do I'm going to say he wanted to to do more for his team and he just felt like he wasn't in that moment and he was frustrated I don't think he dislikes anybody I'll say that I don't think he's mad at anybody I think he's just frustrated with himself and he's trying to tell Hertz like look man like get me involved and Hertz is trying to tell him like I got you just just hold on a second right. <laughs> I think that's what it was too like you said, they are best friends at the end of the day. And so yeah. I think this, this is a situation where it was in the moment. I think they're going to be perfectly fine after this. I will say what can't happen, though, is you can't let AJ bully you into changing the offense. They were running the ball. It was working immediately after that. They're forcing the ball to AJ, essentially. And yes, there were two touchdowns, essentially two touchdowns that were that were called back. One was a pass interference that wasn't called. The other was was the penalty that called it back. But you don't let don't let AJ Brown bully you into changing the offense. Do what works. Deal with AJ later. Don't let him come in here and say, "Give me the ball," and then just do what he says. I don't think that's the way to go either. That's at least what it looked like to me, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other one that was a bad game management is, and this is a lot on Hertz, but when the Eagles were up by thirteen, 
with the ball kind of on the edge of field goal and you got the holding penalty. So now you're like second and 20 uh, and then Hertz takes a sack. And then on third down, it's like third, I don't remember what it was like third and 23 or something like that. And Hertz took another sack. And then all of a sudden you're out of field goal range and you can't make it a 16 point yeah. game anymore. Yeah, you can't. Anymore, He's too which, smart to be doing that. Which technically, I mean, 16 that. points is still two possessions, but it requires two, two point conversions. It's really hard. Just on third, now Hertz should never take that sack, but on third down, ever, they ever, just need ever, to call ever. a run. Just call the run, get a few yards, get make sure make it a little easier field goal. You cannot get sacked out of field goal range, uh, especially on a play third and twenty three where you were never going to convert that anyways. Yeah, just do a draw, hand it off. You know that usually the running back draws go to on third and twenty plus. Usually, just do that, get whatever positive yards you can, kick the field goal taking a sack, trying to do too much. Again, I think Brian Johnson is in his own in his own head at times. Uh, but Brian Flores is a good defensive coordinator. He brought the heat on that play. Hertz didn't have any time to react. He just got down before the play got worse. And and you live to see another down. But it's 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 tough in that situation. If they didn't have the lead that they did, it could have been an even more pivotal play um than it was. But these are learning mistakes that Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, will will learn from. I'm sure he's gonna look over these last two weeks. It was a short week, not really time for many adjustments. I expect the offense, at least the defense I'm impressed with, I expect the offense to make several changes before they play Tampa Bay next Monday night. It's going to be so long before we see them play again. But next Monday night, when you're playing against Baker Mayfield and and whoever else is over there, I expect them to to, to steamroll by them. And if you're if it's another struggle and you're only you know beating them by a score, um, it's time to it's time to tweak something. I think they'll take this 10 day hiatus to 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 heal up. Uh, figure out what's not working on offense. Hertz will will put in all the time in the film room and and be better for it. I was shocked he threw a pick. I wasn't expecting to see his first interception until you know a month down the road. He's usually good. You have a fumble in your first game, a pick that I don't really know what he was looking at. We'll have to look at the film and see what was going on. But uh, that pick was ugly, and you don't we're not used to Hertz seeing that. That was twenty twenty one esque Jalen Hurts that we were seeing there. And I just think he he's not confident right now for whatever reason. I think. That's that's something he and Brian Johnson will have to work on moving forward. Yeah. Uh, last guy I'll shout out. And I hesitate to do so because he did kind of get burned at the end there. Justin but... Evans. Oh, no, no, no. That's no. not where I was going. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say Josh Job. I thought Josh Job okay. acquitted himself really well tonight. He gave the long touchdown. Uh, I think he was expecting safety help on the inside there, and it wasn't there. Now, that said, you got to bring the guy down and not give up the long touchdown. And then you had the miscommunication in the end zone where he didn't follow the crosser. And so, you know, he gives up two touchdowns on two plays there, but snap in and snap out. I thought he actually played really well, uh, primarily on Jordan Addison tonight. Um, Addison was a first round pick and Job was a UDFA a year ago. So uh, mm -hmm. shout out to Josh Job. I feel a little better now, at least about outside corner. Should Darius Slay or James Bradbury need to miss another game? I, I feel good putting Josh Job out there. Yeah, yeah. I was never too overly concerned about outside corner. I said as long as Slay keeps Justin Jefferson in check, I think Job will be able to handle his own against Jordan Addison. Um, we, we did speak this week about how Jordan Addison's a first round rookie. You know, Job is an undrafted guy. It's it's a tough task, regardless. That's but you don't want to like I, my my concern was what if Jefferson starts cooking Slay a little bit, and then what do you do? You don't have the luxury of throwing Bradbury over there. You don't want to throw Josh Job into the deepest of deep ends and have him cover freaking Justin Jefferson in his first in his first start. Um, but Slay did his job. You know, he we all knew Jefferson was going to get his. Luckily, it wasn't Jeff, it wasn't 
I don't want to say it wasn't game altering, but it wasn't like game breaking, like the stuff he was doing. Thankfully, it's not like he he was ticking over the game a bit at the end, but but the game was far too gone at at, at that point. Yeah. Uh, but Joe was able to do what he could with Jordan Addison, and I I I like where the secondary is at. I'm impressed with the safeties, especially I brought up Justin Evans because I I was not a fan of his <laughs> coming off last week, and he did a lot for me this week, so I'm a little more confident. And he, if Reed Blankenship misses any additional time, Terrell Edmonds made some plays too. So safety isn't as as a disaster as I thought it was. And we still didn't have to see a, a ton of Sidney Brown. Once you see Sidney Brown on the field, that's when you know, like, okay, we're in trouble at safety. Because <laughs> like, it seems like they don't want to rush him onto the field for whatever reason. Yeah, well, so until we see him, they're, they're okay at safety, I guess. You know who else they didn't want to get on the field until they had Shop to? Penny. DeAndre Shop Swift Penny. gave him two touches <laughs> last week. So sometimes coaches just make bad decisions. But uh, You talk about receivers being frustrated. Justin Jefferson, 150 yards last week and his team loses, 159 yards tonight and his team loses. Uh, I'd rather take the 30 yards A.J. Brown had and get the W. But uh, He's the he's the Otani of the NFL right now, doing all you can and just lose. And just oh, lose. Like, he doesn't play both ways. He doesn't play both ways, obviously, no. but he's, 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 he's doing everything he can. How He have damn near 300 yards in your first two games in your own, too. Yeah, I'd be I'd be frustrating. And and they held off contract negotiations until next offseason. I'm walking right into there next summer with these box scores and saying, hey, we're not losing because of me. So pay me. <laughs> figure out the quarterback situation because you didn't draft a quarterback. Number one, you didn't trade for Trey Lance, hometown guy at that when he was available. I don't know what your plan is at quarterback, but Kirk obviously isn't the answer. So figure out the QB position, but make sure I get paid because I'm the one putting up 1500 yards a season and being nine and eight because of it so figure it out <laughs> one thing and this is probably more for a preview of next week but uh, assuming bradbury comes back if maddox is going to miss time uh, i wonder if given how well Job played tonight uh, if they would stick bradbury in the slot and, and yeah make that was my thought three yeah. instead of putting goodrich out there i don't know what they'll do but uh, that's something to maybe file away uh for next time so uh, that's going to about wrap it up here for our recap show. Uh, Victor, Rachel, do either of you guys have anything, any last thoughts that you need to throw out there before we get out of here? You had just, uh, you had just, um, when you had just said that about Bradbury, uh, uh, my one point is I was strongly considering, or I thought the Eagles should have considered rather moving Edmund, like with the, with the way linebacker was looking. And I know Cunningham had, had a good game today, so we can breathe a little bit there. Uh, but I thought, I was like, at this point, man, just, just, just put Terrell Edmonds at linebacker. Like at this point, this is what we're going to have to do. Put Edmonds at linebacker, have Evans, Justin Evans and, and Sidney Brown at safety and, and see what you can do. This is Terrell Edmonds has always been like a box kind of safety when he was in Pittsburgh. He doesn't have great sideline to sideline speed anymore. I don't think he's the most athletic guy. Um, I think that you could put him at linebacker and try and make it work. But Zach Cunningham showed me some things today. So I'm glad that he's not entirely cooked like I thought he was. Last week, I'm glad Justin Evans can hold his own at safety. He had some nice breakups at the end of the game as well. So um, we don't have to sound off the alarms um, just yet. Still for still some things um, um, to be concerned about. But 2-0 is 2-0, so, so we'll take it. 2-0 <laughs> oh is 2-0, and, oh, and the Birds are the only team in the NFL that is currently 2-0. and oh, So we will take this that. This is the first time. For for the Eagles, not not to cut you off. This is the they. This is the first time they've been two and zero in consecutive seasons since I was born in 1993. So Dang. take that for what it is. <laughs> That's great. Also, the yes, I'm almost thirty. Yes, I'm almost thirty. Earlier is uh, the Eagles have never not won the Super Bowl when Jake Elliott hits a 61 yard field goal. So the Eagles are two and zero. Jake Elliott says they're going to win the Super Bowl, and they get a long week now. The mini buy to get healthy. 
to get in the film room to iron out some of the issues that we've all seen over the first two weeks before that Monday night game uh, in Tampa Bay at the Buccaneers. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the BGN Instant Reaction Show. The Eagles beat the Vikings at whatever the score was, 34-27. I'm tired. It's late. Thank you guys for joining. Smash that subscribe button here on YouTube if you're watching live. We'll be live after every game uh, to break down the game, to interact with you guys, to drop your comments. Always look for Rachel's three words posts. Uh, those of you that are on Twitter, maybe listening later, we like to get you guys involved in the show too. So keep it tuned here to the BGN radio feed. We'll have lots of content coming your way uh, over the next week and a half. We'll have some extra time to breathe, put forth, yeah, this time. To, to get extra organized, to, to grind some extra film. And we'll have you guys covered with everything you need to know about this game. And we'll get you ready for the Bucks game. So from Instead of doing recaps and previews the next day. Yeah. <laughs> From the BGN crew, we'll catch you guys next time. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go 2-0.